I didn't show up. I had to study. It's like I have two jobs already and no one really comes into the center around that time. I mean, it's useless. I had to study. And like, I don't think I could do it there, you know. I don't want to do it there with distractions, with people coming up to the desk. Hmm. I don't know. Does your not showing up to the desk actually affect the other employees there at the center? I guess. That's Petra, a fourth-year material science major at Tech. She takes five classes and holds two jobs, one of which is at a major center on campus checking in students who reserve study rooms. This profile can be typical for many Tech students, who actually make up about 40% of all Tech employees. 40%. That's 40% of around 19,000 employees or 7,853 total undergraduate and graduate students combined. But what does it mean to be a student employee at Tech? And like Petra, is it okay to blow off a shift because you have an exam coming up? That's why we're here, right? To focus on our studies? But can you imagine if 40% of the staff population at Tech decided to quit showing up for a job when something else more important comes up, like homework? I know that's not realistic, but as we see with Petra, it does happen. And more than it should. What's the supervisor, like Petra's supervisor, going to do? Especially if they understand that employees like Petra are students first. And while that's true, what is the best way to create a balanced and accountable mindset among our student population and support our staff as they develop them? From Workplace Learning and Professional Development, it's the Student Employee Experience podcast series. One student experience each episode. I'm Marina, a tech student and employee taking five classes and working two jobs on campus. The episodes in the series are designed to help Georgia Tech staff and faculty who manage our students understand the student employee experience and use that knowledge to successfully manage students like myself and others you'll hear during the episodes. In this series, we'll learn from the different students who are employed across campus about what it means to be a student employee at Georgia Tech. These stories are glimpses into their motivation, drive, and desire to learn from the work that they do, as well as some of the challenges and frustrations. In this first episode of the Student Employee Experience Series, we address how having a limited notion of student employees as students first, and how managers approach that mindset actually could have a negative impact on the student's experience at Tech and beyond. But first, let's explore some of the challenges that come with managing student employees. But like, the main focus I have is school. So if anything happened at work that's going to get in the way of my studies and everything, I just prioritize my classes. What does your manager do? Is she flexible? She has to be, right? My first job before this one would say that she was always clear that your student life comes first in any job you have on campus because that's what you're here for, for your studies. The job is just something that complements it, like giving you money or experience or whatever. My first year, I had to drop one of my ships permanently because it was just getting in the way of clubs, my involvement in clubs and stuff. It's not a class, but at the same time, it's, it's something more focused to do and all that. So because she's flexible, she doesn't do anything when we don't show. I may lose points from our point system or something like that. She understands, right? 
Why did you decide to take on different hats? Why did you decide to work on campus even your first year? Because I know that's not the typical choice here. So I'm not like majority of the tech students because I transferred here. I know there's a lot of transfer students, but I know I had to do something else because the classes are hard. But at the same time, like you wait for the summer to get an internship or something like that. And besides money, which is probably the main reason why most students get an on-campus job, it's just so you can get experience at something. Like anything, even work at the desk, but you can get a lot of experience out of it. And it is just worth it, even if you don't like it. That's experience anyway. As you can hear, Petra's expectations are that she is going to put her studies and school activities first, before anything else. That's why she's at Tech, not to work at the center checking in students, but to research and study in her chosen major. In fact, there are departments on campus that require their student employees to maintain a minimum GPA in order to continue working with them. With this mindset, if Petra and her supervisor are not aligned around expectation, lots of problems can occur. Students choose to work on campus instead of off-campus because they are students. Sure, making money is important, but choosing to work on campus also gives us flexibility and a chance to gain unique experience. Many students are looking for leadership skills that will help them secure their first internship, co-op, or very first professional full-time job. Some student employees may also be looking for mentorship or to make connections that might lead to job references or a letter of support for scholarships. Again, all the reasons amplify the importance of getting this working relationship off to a good start, aligning around expectation. But as a student, what does Petra learn from blowing off her shift to study? And how does that experience help her learn leadership skills or help set her and her manager up for success? For sure, being a student does not mean shirking responsibility, and many tech student employees understand this. Yeah, we made the compromise to provide our service to the people that use the coke, to the students and the CRC, to the patrons that are going to swim. Mm -hmm. So we have to be there for them. And because we signed up for the job, it's like our responsibility to be there for them. We chose to work there. If we don't like it, we can always quit. I don't, because usually when you work at tech, you have like to meet some expectations. That's Rafael, a third year environmental engineering student working two on-campus jobs. In his jobs, he understands their purpose, the importance his job serves on campus, and how the department and its customers rely on that position. It's been instilled in him that his aquatics position is a fundamental part of keeping the recreation center up and running. Rafael is made to feel a part of that success and responsibility. He also understands that planning is key when balancing his shifts with coursework. It depends on the job you have. So at the Colk, you have to work Sundays every two weeks. And sometimes that just doesn't work with your schedule because some weeks you have three exams in the same week and it's hard. But at the same time, you can talk to your coworkers, see if anyone can work for you. The expectation is set for Rafael that if he can't make a shift, then he should attempt to find someone who can cover it for him. Learning how to balance his many different hats and being mindful of his schedule helps Rafael learn leadership skills. Managers can assist by setting clear expectations by being flexible 
and by helping their student employees with the challenge of balancing their many commitments. Managers should also cultivate an environment where there is a healthy balance of reasonable, clearly articulated expectations and a flexible mindset that aids in problem solving when they are feeling overwhelmed. Alex, a fourth-year industrial engineering major, describes his experiences with the difference between having a supervisor who is approachable and one who is not. First of all, like, I don't know if it's just me, but like my first two years, I made it a point to try to do as many things as possible just so that I could get like as, many, as much experience as I could. But the main semester that I really couldn't do anything, everything, was my second semester when I had, I think I was taking like six classes and I was also doing research and I was also in like swim club and I was also working 20 hours a year. And it was definitely 100% too much. And I had managed to work 20 hours a week the semester before, so like my first semester here. So I thought if I could do it my first semester, I could always keep doing 20 hours. But then that same semester, I was all I was also taking two labs. So I had two lab reports to write every like every week. It was just too much. I was having to work uh, until like late, really late. Or like, well, not work, but do homework like until yeah. really late every day. And I really didn't want to have that, like be that stressed. I always try to be like at least a little bit stressed. It keeps me on my toes. If I'm doing things and I'm always like on the go, then that makes me keep going. Because if I have too much time, then I know that's the case with a lot of people, but like I really do feel that like if I have too much time, then I'm, I'm going to end up not doing much. That semester, I think it was like within two to three weeks into the semester, I decided that it was getting too much. I wasn't able, I wasn't being able to do everything as well as I could. So I called my parents, I talked to them and they completely understood the fact that I wanted to work less. So I dropped from 20 to like 12 to 15. And then later in the semester, I think I was able to bring it back up. So the people who helped you in that decision were just your parents or was there anyone else that you took for guidance for that? Because maybe in that semester there wasn't anyone, but do you think that today there is an advocate or a resource for that within the pool? Yeah, my supervisor. She would definitely be the one that I would go to. But you you didn't because you didn't know. I, I didn't have that. At that time, it was just me. I was looking at my schedule and then I was, I was like low-key freaking out inside, just thinking that I can't do everything. And then I called my parents, we talked, and that was it. If that happened today, I would go to Talia and then she would like try to like accommodate any of my needs. Because right now, the average of hours worked for all the staff per week that's already around like 10 to 15. We have people who work 20, we have people who work less than 10, but like most people work 10, 15 hours a week. So like if I came to her saying that I work 20 hours a week and that's being too much, I'm not being able to like keep up with my schoolwork and all the commitments, she would tell me, okay, I don't know why this is a problem. Just move back to like 10 hours if you need to. She would normalize it as much as she could. Alex's supervisor established a clear line of communication for him to approach her if he needed help. Of course, his current department has the staff to help Alex when he needs to cover a shift. But this example shows us that planning is not only the student's responsibility, but also the leader's. With a clear line of communication, Alex understood the overall structure and process of covering shifts. Unfortunately, this understanding wasn't a part of Petra's experience. Were there other people to cover? Were there other employees to take over the shift you missed? I think there is like maybe three or four others who work at different times. Maybe I could have checked with them, but I didn't think my supervisor would care too much, you know. It happens all the time. I didn't have time to email or anything. 
I'm not really sure what I could have done other than just prioritize. Like, what do you know what I'm supposed to do? I usually just make up those hours like the next week or day to make up last time. It's unclear how Petra's supervisor establishes the knowledge of the process or what Petra should do if she is feeling overwhelmed. It's also unclear how she's held accountable when she blows off shifts or why her supervisor would give her second, third, or more chances. Or even why she doesn't explain how Petra not showing up or not making a plan to cover the shift impacts others and the department. Maybe managers feel as if they are being too strict. Maybe they think that the idea of student first means that they can't really do anything if a student doesn't show up for a shift because of other obligations. Again, though, what does a student learn about leadership if that's the case? As stated before, many student employees choose to work on campus as a way to gain experience and develop necessary working and leadership skills. What does a student learn about leadership if they are not seen as a whole person, not only as a student, but as a student and an employee who is held accountable? Over the course of like last semester and beginning of this semester, I think people like started realizing that she was here for us. So she was here for us as people. So she really cared for us. She wants to know what's going on in our lives if we want to tell her. She actually has like an open door policy. So like her door is always open. We can always go talk to her. And I think that's the greatest thing because like people really like her. I've never heard anything negative about her. And sometimes like she can be strict, obviously, but like that's her job. She needs to be strict with everyone. That's like 100% fair. And I think it was also a learning experience for me because last semester, it took me a while to like see the big picture of everything that she was doing. It was a learning experience for me to like learn that change isn't always bad. Like change can be good too. As much as I don't like to say this, but working here at the pool or working like anywhere else on campus is not why people came to the school. But it's something, it's just an experience that they chose to be a part of. And it's something that they are going to learn so much from. They are students first because that's the primary reason why they're in the school, why they're a tech, why we are a tech. But that doesn't mean that like we can't learn from other places, from, from other things, from other experiences other than studying, other than like our majors. That's a lot of the reason why they encourage you to like be involved as much as you can. It's because like there's so much that you can learn from other people. So what's the difference between Alex's, Raphael's, and Petra's student employee experience? As we can see, the managers have set different expectations and accountability. Supervisors understand that students are here to learn, so their studies should come first. And there are things that managers can do to help students succeed, both as a student and as an employee. What are those things? First, think about how you can set clear expectations, realistic expectations, while understanding that students can often face competing priorities. Holding student employees accountable to these expectations in a consistent manner is also important. Draw correlations to how these campus jobs translate into future career roles. Lastly, help the student prioritize and not overcommit. An easy way to do this is to build a relationship with a student employee. Be aware of your approachability. 
What are you doing to create the conditions for us to succeed as both a student and an employee? Of course, there are different expectations for different jobs, and the consequences are different for someone not showing up at a front desk than for not showing up as, say, a peer leader working with freshmen. To help students succeed as student employees, it's important for them to feel a sense of ownership and purpose. I'll explore these in the next episodes.